Hey everyone, Don here. Uh, welcome to Friday Night Stripes. Today, going to do a short episode on transitioning from regular season into playoffs. Um, and a lot of what I'll cover is, might be association specific or state specific. I hope that the general ideas translate. Um, I know that for for a lot of a lot of the listeners out there, you all have regular crews that you work with on a um, all season. Uh, whereas for for us here in our association, we work with different officials each game until we get to the playoffs, and then it's one crew throughout the playoffs. So there might be differences. Um, hopefully there's something to, to learn along the way. Um, the first thing I wanted to, to just touch upon was the difference between the five-man mechanics and the seven-man mechanics. And this, isn't, this is not meant to be a um, comprehensive coverage of all the differences in how to work in seven-man mechanics. In fact, I'm not even really going to talk about the field judge and the side judge specifically, as, as I have no experience in that position. Um, what I'll do is I'll look uh, next year to getting somebody in that position uh, that's worked that position to come on and talk about it uh, later in the season so that anybody working that position for the first time uh, will have something to reference. But what I'm really going to talk about is the difference in working one of the short wing positions, the line judge or the head linesman, when it's a seven man, because there are some differences. Um, the first most obvious difference is on the kickoff. Um, we move from our normal positions uh, between the restraining lines and the goal line. We move all the way to the goal line, and we're on each pylon with the referee um, to deal with watching the, the goal line and making sure the ball doesn't cross it on kickoffs. Um, in the game we had recently, we had a lot of different things occur that changed our positioning. The first thing that happened was we, we, had, um, we had a safety. So on the safety, it didn't feel like the goal line was going to be as threatened. So we moved up 15 yards um, to the 15 to get closer to where the actual return was and let the referee deal with the goal line himself. Um, if the ball looked like it was going to threaten the goal line on the, on the free kick off the safety, um, I would have hustled back to, to try and be in position. Um, but it felt like covering the goal line for a potential 80-yard kick did not seem to make sense. So we just moved up the field um, to be in position. Um, and that, that actually was one of the, one of the issues I had last year with it was that's a different angle for me to be counting players. Um, and I actually miscounted like five times in a row. Every time I counted, I had 12 players. Um, and this was, I was the line judge that night and I was counting the visiting team or the receivers. And so I was looking across towards their bench and what I, what I eventually realized was there were 11 on the field and then there was one on the bench, but separated from everybody else. So it kind of looked like he was on the field. Um, but the referee and the, uh, and the linesman, they had 11. So we went forward with it. And then I figured out where, where my miscount was. So, um, 
that was just a, a little thing that happened um, last year when I was doing line judge. Um, we also had two onside kicks, and our mechanic for the onside kick is to move the line judge and the head linesman up to the 45 between the two restraining lines. Um, so we have six officials covering the onside kick. Um, and in both onside kicks we had, we had one where the kicking team recovered it and we had one where the receiving team recovered it. And both teams were, were very good at what they were doing. Um, there was no, uh, early touching or, or first touching by, by the kicking team within between the restraining lines. Um, and there was no early blocking by K on an R player between the restraining lines. So, um, the, there, there wasn't a lot of drama in, in the two onside kicks, but what it was able to allow me to do was talk to the back judge and the field judge who were with me. And we were able to talk about, okay, there are three of us here. What are we all looking for? Um, and we talked through, obviously, the, the other two had the restraining lines. And it was my job to kind of pick out things that might happen in between, happen before that restraining line. I was going to have the field judges help. Um, but that's, that's what I, I said I was going to be looking for. I was going to be looking for early blocks. I was going to be looking for first touching, things like that. Um, so kickoffs are, are one area where there's the biggest change from five man to seven man mechanics. Um, but it wasn't a, a huge deal. It was just, uh, remembering where you were going. Cause I'm used to as a line judge officiating the extra point and then turning around and, and running up, um, 50 yards to get to the 50. So I, every time I did it, Last week, I would turn around, start running, and then go, oh, nope, and then turn around and run back towards the towards the goal line. Fortunately, I didn't get all the way to the 50, um, but I, I did get, I did get uh, up to the 20 at least once. So um, the other major thing when it comes to dealing with seven-man mechanics as a short wing is um, goal line positioning on plays going towards the goal line, either direction. Um actually going to going using reverse mechanics going back to the goal line it's not a lot different than it is in five man um we have goal line coverage inside the five but anything outside the five it doesn't really change anything um going into the end zone um the the mechanics we we used was Anything from the 25 to the 5, the deep wings, the side judge and the field judges, had the goal line. So that's very hard to remember as a line judge. You're running down the field and you've got to screech to a halt um, about the 7 or 8 and not get too close um, to, to where you look like you're on top of the, on top of the deep wing. Wanted to interject and edit here. Um, after releasing the, the episode, um, I received an email from Brian Williams up in uh, Massachusetts. And he says, quick tip on mechanics in a seven-man game. The short wing shouldn't screech to a halt at the seven, eight-yard line when the deep wing has the goal line. 
he or she should go around the deep wing and follow the play and dead ball action into the end zone to assist with preventing anything after the ball is dead. Um, that was good advice, and, and again, my inexperience with, with seven-man mechanics, I just wasn't aware that that was the uh, mechanic. So thanks for sending that in, Brian, and hope this edit helps. We didn't have many plays like that uh, in, in the latest game I officiated, so it was, it was relatively easy to maintain the distance between us. Um, but that, that there was one play where it was a long touchdown run, um, and I was running down the field and, and I had to slow up and st- I ended up stopping about f- the five. So that ended up looking just fine. Um, let the, let the, uh, deep wings take the touchdown and go with it. Um, I don't know that I have a lot else to add when it comes to, to seven man mechanics versus five man. Um, it's it, the only other obvious thing is that because you have a deep wing, you no longer have to worry so much about the the long passes. Um, you've got three officials covering long passes now instead of one. So one thing I did notice is that on the diagram that shows the keys for seven man football for a line judge, the line judge almost exclusively has one of the backs in the backfield as opposed to any of the receivers on the end. Um, Only in a case of trips to the side of the line judge or um, uh, empty backfield with no backs would the line judge not have the primary back in the backfield. So um, it it was very much a mind shift to snap instead of going snap tackle key and that key being the wide receiver it was snap tackle key and having to turn and start to look in the backfield which is the one place you're told never to look is is into the backfield um on passing plays because you you've got it you've got your receivers to cover so um i don't know that i ever got that down as a rhythm we've got another game coming up uh, this week to where I'll get to, to work on that some more. Um, but that that's one of the other changes that happens. Um, the headlinesman doesn't change quite as much um, because the, the, the issue is that when it's a balanced formation, the back judge takes receivers to the line judge side. So that shifts everybody one position over. So, um, so the headlinesman doesn't change as much, but there, there's minor changes there too. Um, the only other thing I think I'll cover when it comes to playoffs, and this is getting off of the five-man versus seven-man mechanics, and and this is my approach, and, and I'd love to hear um, any approaches uh, uh, that anybody else has out there that how things change when they go into the playoffs versus regular season. Um, I know that unless we're staying within our area that the schools we're going to be working with aren't used to us as an association. That doesn't necessarily mean anything. We should all be using the same rule book. We should all be enforcing the same things. But I also know that because associations train their members, there's going to be little differences here and there. There's going to be things that some associations focus on that others don't. So 
when when I have my pregame conversation with the coach, one of the things I emphasize is I emphasize sideline control and and making sure that I've got a sideline to work with. Um, I emphasize that with the coach um, this past week, and then he got an early flag for a sideline warning because he was he was in the space while I was trying to run down the field. Um, and then throughout the game, it got a little better. They, they always continued to crowd the sideline a bit, but never did I have to come to a stop or a void. Um, so I didn't feel a flag was warranted, especially now that it was going to carry a penalty with it. Um, so that, that's, that's my criteria when it comes to that. And that's how I, I, I tell the coach ahead of time, like, I don't know how it's normally ca- called, with the officials that cover your games normally. Here's how I'm going to handle it tonight. Um, The first flag that comes out that doesn't cost you anything is going to come out for little violations because I want to make the point that I need the sideline clear. Um, The second flag that costs you five yards is going to be one that you've inhibited my ability to get down the field um, you've distracted me from from getting from watching the game because I had to turn and look to avoid a coach. It's something that's going to hinder me as an official. That's when I'm going to drop that second and third and so on and so forth flags, um, because I, I I don't want to inject myself into the game. Um, so they get a little bit more leeway from me during the playoffs than they do during the regular season, but not a lot. Um, so sideline control is one of the things I talk about early with the coaches because all our other fouls and, and enforcements, they're all either very standard or very subjective to where it's going to vary from official to official and associations have nothing to do with it. Um, and, and those are things like your holds. Your holds, that's going to vary from official to official. Your pass interference, that's going to vary from official to official. And there's not a lot of association bias um, with that. So I, I don't feel like I need to go over that. But I know that our association tends to focus a bit on sideline um, control and making sure we've got space to run. Um, and I like to focus on it as well. I, I, I try not to be overly... Um, strict on it but i need room um and and as i as i told the coach because one of the times running down the field recently i was uh, it was a 50 yard play i ran down the field and the defensive coordinator is way down there almost onto the field so i, I kind of skirted a little around them and then on the way back i said hey listen you've already gotten your warning that should be a five yard flag i'm gonna let it go this time um and what I told him later in the game, I said, listen, I, I'm not trying to be pedantic about this, but earlier in the game, I was worried about where the f- coaches were. So I took a quick look. And in that second, in that split second, the tackle was made and it was, it was a loud tackle. But I had missed the tackle itself because I, I would noticed a coach out of my peripheral vision. So it was probably a clean tackle, but I don't know that it was. And I, I can't be distracted by making sure I'm not going to run into a coach. So that's why we do it. Um, I don't know if, if they understand or not, but that's, that's usually the story I tell whenever I talk about it. Um, 
but really that's pretty much it. Uh, you're going to see teams you haven't seen before. Um, sometimes you're going to see good football. Sometimes you're not, uh, depending on how the playoffs go. Um, the, the one I had most recently was a four five matchup. So two evenly matched teams. And, and now we're going on to do a one five matchup in a, in a different area. Um, so those are slightly less well-matched teams, and we'll see how that game Thanks for listening to Friday Night Stripes. Uh, show notes general, and links uh, to all of the episodes can be found fun, on our website. They're fun for us as officials. Enjoy them. Um, Reviews on Google Podcasts they're, they're, or Apple they're, iTunes they're there are as always appreciated as they will help us reach more officials. And showing that we are always looking to talk to officials everywhere. So if you want to be a guest, please email hello the at FridayNightStripes.com. Interpersonal relationships. If you have so comments, ideas, or want to correct a mistake and, and we work through them, you can and, email us at hello enjoy at FridayNightStripes.com. So good luck. You can also to all those continue the conversation by joining the Facebook group we'll talk Friday Night Stripes, or following us on Twitter at Friday Night Stripes. Show music is Fight 'em Down by Flash Fluority, licensed by PremiumBeat.com. We'll see you on the next episode.